Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera editing and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Hello, everybody. Well, guys, it's July when we are taping this. I don't know about where you all live, but I'm assuming it's the same. It's hot as the Dickens, as somebody would say. And humid. I think we all share a hot, humid, miserable climate right now. Absolutely. Not a dry bra in the place. <laughs> nope. Nor a dry thigh. <laughs> You can definitely fry an egg on my truck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So, yeah, that's the current state of affairs. And I don't know about uh, Phyllis and Kara, but I have been personally seeking the air conditioning. Now, Phyllis escaped us and went to Iceland. So I don't know what the weather is like in Iceland. Is it like cooler and humid? I imagine the word ice in the Iceland. Iceland is really not as cool as you think, but it was much cooler than it was here because in Georgia we were having, of course, like you guys, I'm sure 100 plus degrees weather every day and I did escape that thank goodness it was like probably 50s 60s during the day and I guess the probably the lowest we got was maybe high 40s at night and of course you know there is basically no night because it's the land of forever light where you have the midnight sun and you know sunset at like midnight and sunrise at 2 30 a.m and it basically never gets dark that is so awesome what a neat place to get to go shoot so this was with your iceland tour right yes my iceland equine photo tour we stay at a farm called a skalakot farm in the south of iceland where the people treat us like the stars that we wish we were (laughs) (laughs) um now i pay the farm to do setups and (laughs) And I I did that just for you two, by the way. Um, I pay the farm to do setups for us where they move the horses around in front of the waterfalls and the water and just all kinds of different iconic Icelandic scenery. It's just stunningly beautiful. And this year, they had just finished their spa and 
So we got to enjoy the spa, the Icelandic spa experience too. So that was besides the five-star chef, it was an amazing place to be. And then of course I extended my trip another week after my tour and got to travel the Ring Road, which I had never done. This was my eighth trip to Iceland and I have never been in the north. So a friend of mine flew in, Suzanne, and then one of my uh, Iceland attendees stayed with me and Trudy and we drove the Ring Road and we went up and spent uh, two nights on Grimsey Island uh, and then off the north we took a ferry over and stayed on the island for two nights and got to photograph puffins for a couple of days and experience the summer solstice while we were up there and we had a lot of fun. It was a really great trip and just I think I was uh, bent. I mean I had too much listed uh, to, to do. We didn't get to everything we wanted to do because because I think I was over ambitious in our scheduling, but that's okay. This just means we'll have to go back. Yep. Amazing. While Kara and I are back here in the United States, sweating through our bras with our thighs sticking together and our butts burning on our car seats. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> How cool. What a great, it sounds like everybody had a great experience. I've been looking at the images that people are posting and stuff like that. And it just looks Phyllis, it just looks like it was as gorgeous as you would expect it to be. Just everything looked amazing. I'm so glad you're back, though. We missed you here on the flip side. I had a great group, and I'm as much as I loved it and as much as I love to go and, and be on the road, I still love to come home and, and be at home, too. So my dog is getting to where she really doesn't know who I am. This time, she did actually act like she kind of missed me though so there was that (laughs) well we missed you for sure so I've been keeping cool in the air conditioning as much as possible I've been working on a four days to get to um, and please don't quote me on this title if I decide to change it but four days to get to light speed and light room so I'm working on a little online course and also developing group gestalt experiences for our workshop participants kind of plan and out and and I feel a little bit like an evil genius or no I'm not an evil genius a good genius figuring out things that we're going to be able to do to express our creativity and get out of our own way at our workshops so I'm super excited about some of the things I've come up with and can't wait to get them published and out there in the world yeah, don't don't say evil genius because nobody will want to join you then. <laughs> I think it sounds awesome, Kim. I can't wait until you can share some of that with our up at some of our upcoming events and even in a, it, just getting people prepped for our upcoming events. That is so cool. I've also been hanging out inside. I'm in Florida, and we've had some record heat here. It's been hot and miserable in the summertime. Rains have started in the evenings, so photo shoots are getting rescheduled right and left. It's been a little sloppy and a little messy to try to to keep it all together. But on the flip side, I have had a ton of client art to design the last couple weeks. So I have been in the process of ordering frame pieces to put frame pieces together, ordering and designing albums. It has been a lot of that. So I've been having just everyday stuff coming to the door that I'm having to unwrap and review and prep. And that's kind of the fun side of it. When you get to see from the beginning, when you start working with your client, that kind of initial concept to when you're holding tangible products in your hand at the end. So all week long, I have been framing and finishing stuff and unwrapping stuff and then rewrapping it and and all of that good stuff. I have also been shooting in the water. So I have been getting out to 
to some of the swampy areas of Florida and wading in and getting like really wet. I had to put someone on Gator Watch the other day because I was so scared I was going to get eaten by an alligator that was going to sneak up behind me while I was in the water. I'm very scared of alligators. So I've been doing some cool time shooting, I guess you would say, just trying to beat the heat and get the images that I need to get, just having a lot of fun. And we are all getting ready to head off to Montana next, like what, 10 days from now, nine days from now. So I think we're all in that last crunch to try to get stuff done before we head to Montana. Are you guys ready? I'm ready mentally to go to Montana, but, <laughs> but um, I still, I, I have a lot of catching up to do. But yes, I cannot wait to, to be in Montana and see uh, Kristen's and uh, Braden's new baby, little Aspen. I'm excited to be back at the dry head. I love everybody there. We got a great, a great group going with us. So I'm, I'm very excited to be to be at the ranch. Oh, I'm excited to see everyone, everybody at the ranch, all of the participants and to hang with you guys in person instead of just on these Zoom calls or on the podcast. So that's awesome. Yes, I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hanging out with everybody and being able to just kick back and do some shooting and enjoy the horses and the cowboy western lifestyle and and really just dig deep into creativity and have some fun. I've had a little bit of a Debbie Downer spring. So I'm ready for a happy trip and a happy summer. So speaking of happiness, when we start a business, sometimes we think everything is going to be sunshine and roses. And then we get into our business a little ways a few years and we look back and there are things that we would have liked to have known back there when we very first started the business. So our topic for today's episode is all three of us are going to share what we wished we knew before we started a business. So if we could go back and talk to that Kara, Kim, or Phyllis that was sitting there dreaming about being a photographer or thinking about being a photographer and wanting to start a photography business, what advice would you give to that person? What would you tell them so that they could do their business with less frustration and more happiness and joy? Kara, do you want to kick us off with your top suggestions for what you wished you knew when you started your business? Yeah, I would love to because when I started, I think I did everything wrong initially. I just jumped in and immediately started a Facebook page and was like, I have a business. I mean, I was just jumping right in and we have, we all know that's not the way to do it. Okay. So if you've done that, that's okay. You can take the steps now to get your business rolling in a more professional manner like I had to do. I think some of the things that I learned really early on that kind of beat me back into my place and really schooled me in the early days of my business was understanding, first of all, the actual cost of doing business and like what was included in that. Um, so I did spend some time doing a lot of work around my cost of doing business, understanding what types of costs. It's actually very expensive to be a photographer in case, you know, people don't know that already. <laughs> so it was a, there was a lot to learn there. I would also say that I learned this, this took a while. Um, when I first started, I had this goal that I wanted to photograph everyone. I was going to photograph weddings. I was going to photograph seniors. I was going to photograph horses and pets and families. And I was going to photograph everything. What I learned really quickly 
was that I didn't enjoy photographing anything except for horses and horse people. So really quickly, I was in this weird place where I wasn't loving what I was doing because I wasn't shooting what I wanted to shoot on a regular basis. So I learned that it's okay not to be everyone's photographer. And even within your own niche, it's okay not to be everyone's photographer. So once I was got okay with that and got myself in a place where it was okay when people didn't book me, when they moved on to other folks because they weren't a good fit for me in my business, I think it just gave me so much more joy in the work and made me a better business person. The last thing I would say is that I learned that for me personally, having outlets out there of continued professional development, that that was really crucial for my growth as a photographer. And it was really crucial for my mindset around being a business owner, and around photography in general. I know that was kind of quick, um, but those are the three things I think that really jump out at me, you know, when we sat down and started talking about this topic today. What about you guys? Yeah, so I agree with all of those. I think that they're fantastic suggestions for people when they're starting to think about their business, especially the costs. That was a, a huge realization for me as well. And the transition from an hourly wage to running your own business. That's that's a struggle for a lot of people. And when you get used to being paid an hourly salary or, and, or a salary position, so hourly or salary, and the paycheck comes from somebody else, not from you, I think it's easier when you make that transition. It can be a little bit of a jolt, let's say. So do you have anything to add before I put my two cents into this topic? I think the biggest thing is that growing in your, not only growing as a photographer when you're starting out, but growing in your business knowledge, like hiring somebody, a good accountant for your taxes, getting your LLC or your business model, a business plan set up and all that and learn, learning about what you can and can't use for deductions. And I think really, <laughs> I've always been uh, self-employed all my life, but when I started the photography thing, it was a different kind of business model than what I had been used to. And part of the time I was like doing things because I enjoyed it and not really getting paid the right amount for it because I was like well I just like doing it so much and you have to be careful about that because you don't have to charge less just because you're starting out I mean I think I think one thing is knowing the cost of doing business like like Kara said there's different places you can go to to help with that you need to understand how much your business costs to operate in order to adequately price your work there's so many different ways to price your work and different price structures you can do. And yeah, I think just valuing your work and providing that value to your clients is something that will always, uh, there's always going to be, like Kara said, there's always going to be people that are price shopping and looking for photographers that will give, you know, will give the most for the least amount of cost. And these people aren't going to be your clients and you need to learn to be okay with that. If you educate your clients and communicate with them so they know the difference between what you have to offer and what you bring to the table versus another photographer, then that'll really help. That communication is really big. Just taking the time to understand also what outcome your new client is looking for so that you are able to manage those expectations, I think is huge. I would also highly encourage 
as a I didn't join Professional Photographers America of America till later. So I think that was a big one. There's so many things that they can help you with that are very beneficial to new photographers coming into the business. I'm, I'm sorry, I love quotes. So you know me, I'm always like sharing quotes. So I do love the quote about comparison is the thief of joy because I'm really bad to compare my work to other photographers and worse when I was starting out, which I think so many people are that way. We can't help it sometimes. Right. We all do that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with it to to a certain extent to ha- always have a level of excellence or whatever that you want to strive to to you know, to compare your work to, or at least, you know, try to get there. But it's also can get into your head and and really kind of beat you down sometimes if you're not careful and really get to your self-esteem if you're not careful. Even with gear, I mean, I have to admit that I'm a terrible gearhead. I love, I love having the latest and the greatest. But I think the biggest thing when you're starting out is just remember that a camera is only your tool and it's an extension of you as an artist that's spending time learning composition, exposure, and how to use light and how to see light is way more important than what camera you're using because you can do all that with any camera. And your your job ultimately in the end is to create emotion with your art and that'll come from your heart and from your head not necessarily from the kind of equipment you're using (laughs) wow there's some great advice in there some really good wisdom from somebody like you said who's been self-employed for your entire life and then having been employed as an artist it's a little different than being employed as a horse trainer or a breeder or something along those lines it's it's a little different career right Kara how How long have you been a photographer? I think I've been in business for seven years now. I can't remember. Right around seven years. So it's got to be right around that seven. It's got to be right around seven years. Probably an anniversary coming up. I feel like I'm new in the world of photography. It was a situation where I had a quick learning curve and I was fortunate enough that I had the time to do it. I was at a place in my life where I could commit to all of that legwork that goes in in the early stages. So I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, but I also had the the luxury, I think, of working through them. And I had the time to do that. And Phyllis, you said you've been you've had a lifelong self-employed, lifelong entrepreneurship. And then I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years. So it's interesting that we have so many decades of experience underneath our belts. And yet there's a wide range of advice here. And I'll put my two cents in now. I look at this a little differently now than I, my advice when I was seven years in business would be way different than it is now. One of the things that I think is so important for business owners is to know that anything is really possible. You just need to know enough about what you want to do to order the deck of your life to stack up the way you want to win. And so if I could go back and do this over again, I would sit down with myself and I would say, how do you really want to spend your days? And how do you really want to spend your weeks? And how do you really want to spend your months? And how do you really want to spend your year? Because I think that when I started my business, I had a very corporate notion of what that should look like. And the reality was really pretty far away from that. But if I would have said the truth about how I wanted to spend my days, how I wanted to spend my weeks, my months, my years, I would have said exactly the way that I'm living now. Now, it took me 20 something, 25 years to get to this point because I didn't have that question answered way back then. So I would 
say start with a vision of what you really want to do. Where's your passion at? What is it that you want to do? And yes, we're going to all have to do administrative work and we're all going to have to do tasks that we don't like. But if you had your choice and could write your own ticket, what would that look like? The second thing that I wished I knew was how important, not just who I knew in the world, but who knew me. So taking that time to really let myself be present with people so that they could get to know who I was as an artist, as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So I always say the network is the important work. And it's it's really true. I, I always felt like entrepreneurship was rolling a big old heavy ball up a hill until I figured out how to work my network. And then many hands make for light work, to, to use a quote for, for Phyllis. Many hands make light work. And so when you have a network, that ball becomes so much easier to roll. So if I could go back and do this again, I would have concentrated harder on that. The third piece of advice I have is that life will always get in the way. <laughs> there is no good time for anything. And truly, the sometimes you'll run into luck. So roll the dice. And if it doesn't come out in your favor, roll them again. But you can look like I know right now inflation is like scaring the bejeepers out of me because every time I drive by a gas station, I have a little mini panic attack. Or when I look at my grocery bill or the feed bill for the animals or, or the damn airline ticket to fly to Dryhead or <laughs> the rental cars when we were booking a rental car the other day. I mean, all of that makes my breath catch in my throat. And I have to remind myself that life will always be getting in the way. And there's many times in the 30 years I've been an entrepreneur that I took divergent exit ramps because I panicked. I went back and I got a day job somewhere because I was worried about it. And the truth is, is that I always found a way. And I think if I would have been able to tell myself back then, hey, look, just stick with it. You'll be okay. Don't panic. Life is, it's always going to be in the way. So just keep going. Just keep going. Roll those dice again and again and again. And then the final thing, I think when I, I started out in the world of graphic design and photography, that's where my business was established. And I really loved being a photographer and a graphic designer. And in the beginning, people hired me because they liked what I did. And that was great. And then I started to get more clients. And when I started to get more clients, I started to have to make other people's creative visions come true through my own creative lens. And that was really, really hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I struggled a lot with that. It ended up showing up as procrastination, missing deadlines, um, it, terrible things in my business and things that I really fought against. And one of the things that I wish that I would have known is that creativity is like a muscle. You have to train it and you have to flex it. And over time, you get really good at delivering it on demand. But don't be so hard on yourself if in the beginning, because it, it takes time to get that. So if you have to procrastinate, if you have to call a client and say, listen, 
I need an extra week on this project and I apologize, but I've got to have this creative. I got to let my creativity have enough time. You know, be honest about those things. Don't hide from them and know that as you progress through your business, as you do it more and more, the easier and easier it gets. And today, it most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, my creativity feels effortless. It's not a problem. I Somebody can come to me with, hey, how would you lay this out? Or what would you do here? And I can immediately have a creative idea. But that's been honed and practiced over many, many years. That is such a good point that you bring up because I think as business owners or as as early in the early years of photography I think there's a tendency to think we get to go out and we get to be creative and we get to shoot the things that we want to shoot and we get to be excited about it and we're creating but the truth is is when you're a business owner you're often working on someone else's time someone else's ideas and you're having to be creative on command And um, I was just going to point out that you and I have talked about this before over on our other show, The Business Animal Podcast, episode number 27, Connecting to Your Creative Magic. We talk and give a ton of strategies around being creative on on demand. So I just wanted to throw that out there because it is something I think that is underrated in the early years of, you know, things that you didn't think about when you were starting your business, but it's such an essential part of what not all of us, but a lot of us have to do as photographers. And it doesn't just include working with clients. Think about the times that we're out and we're at a workshop and we're leading, you know, photography participants. And there is sometimes there's folks and even ourselves sometimes that we're just not feeling the creative mojo that day, but we don't have a choice. We need to shoot. We have to work. We have to help others be inspired to, to be creative. So we have to draw from that. Anyway, when you brought that up, it just got me thinking that is such an important piece of what we do. Definitely. I really agree with both of you on that. I do have one more thing to add as far as things I wish I'd known is about marketing, about how to market yourself. I think it doesn't matter what a great photographer or artist you are if you don't know how to market yourself or your business. And I'm probably not a very good person to, to give advice on that because I think I'm a terrible marketer. But I think just taking care of your present clients or your past clients and uh, and using those as referrals and because I think that's one of your greatest assets is the is the people that you have done business with in the past is to really cherish those relationships. And they are what's going to get you more business as your last client, <laughs> your old clients. That's what's going to get you more business. So just uh, marketing yourself and, and keeping those people that you've done business with as part of your assets in your box to, to keep for your marketing. Absolutely. The network and your customers and your network are so, so important to your business and making sure that they're well cared for, being honest honest, being upfront, and um, really concentrating on service and building relationships is so key to building a business. And Phyllis, you say you don't think you're good at marketing, and yet I think you're astounding at it. You do a really good job at inspiring people as well to do your marketing for you, for them to talk about you, to talk about your work, which means they've had that wow experience that they need to have in order to be able to do that. And I, I think all of us sort of question in our marketing abilities at some point in time because it 
never feels like it's just always perfect, but it is a big part of it. And understanding marketing concepts is is important. And again, it's something you're going to learn over time. That's I guess that's one of the bigger pieces of advice I have. It just takes time, folks. Things don't happen overnight. It takes a long time to grow a successful business. And when you get to the other side of that and you can look back and see it, it's so worth the journey, but there's so much to learn in between. Either of you have anything you want to say before we head on to our gears and gadgets? I don't know if it's okay to include this, but I did do a blog post on this and included some advice from other photographers, Kara being one of them, things that we all wish we had known when we were just starting out. And I think the general consensus was that we all wish we'd known more about business. <laughs> but um, if you know, we can link to that blog post in, my, in the show notes if that's okay. And maybe that would be helpful to somebody along with the great advice that you both gave here today. Absolutely. And there's some fantastic photographers that contributed to Phyllis's blog post that it's really good advice comes from them. All right. Well, I'm going to skip on to one of my favorite tools in my camera bag that I like to have with me at all points in time. And that is my Visible Dust Arctic Butterfly Sensor Cleaner. This tool is kind of unique. So a lot of photographers are really afraid of their camera sensors, probably because our manufacturers or the people who care for our equipment have drilled it into our heads that this is something that we can do a lot of damage. And I totally agree with that. But when you are in the middle of Montana and you're on a photo shoot and you're taking pictures and you start to see big chunks of sensor dust, you really don't have time to go send your camera off to Canon or Nikon and let it be cleaned appropriately. So there are times in the field where we do have to address what is going on with our sensors. And especially as equine photographers, we do see a lot of dirt and dust. Funnily enough, I had a, a local camera person who used to clean my equipment. He's, he went out of business in COVID and now I'm a little distressed, but he would always sort of lecture me about how dirty my equipment was. He was very, very judgmental. <laughs> about he'd be like why do you let your cameras get so dirty <laughs> he wasn't impressed with what you were doing no is what you're no saying. he's like this is not good for your camera and I'm like well it is the way that I have to do my job there's dirt comes along with it so I would get a lot of judgment from him about it however back to that situation where you're in the field you're noticing things on your camera sensor well there's two common ways that you can clean the sensor in your camera other than the little electronic shake the sensor thing that comes on your camera as an option, which by the way, you should always have turned on because basically what it does is it jiggles the sensor a little bit and the loose pieces of dust will fall off. And granted, they probably will show back up again later, but at least you can get it out of the way until you can get your camera to somewhere to get cleaned. And your camera should be cleaned at least once and probably a couple of times a year, depending on how dirty you get it. So there's two ways that you can clean your sensor on site or on location. One of them is, is what's called wet cleaning, which I don't recommend. There's things that people will sell um, and you can get them. They're little like 
swabs and there is actually a wet solution. When dust gets stuck on your sensor, it's generally the only way that you're able to get that dust off is through a wet cleaning. And a lot of times I, I think that's what they do. The professionals use that kind of a system. But when you do that, you also, if you don't do it well or you don't have the exact right equipment and you don't have the exact right swab because all sensors are, are a little different sized, you can cause a lot of damage to the sensor because you're actually touching it. And that's where the Arctic butterfly, that was a long route to get you to the gear, to the gadget, which is the Arctic butterfly. It is a dry cleaning system. And what it uses is a brush that has built up a little bit of like static collecty vibes to it and you spin it and then you wipe it across your sensor and then you hold it away from your camera and spin it again so that the dust flies off away from your camera and then you go back and do it a couple of more times until all the dust is off. So if you have a good practice of keeping your sensor cleaner on your camera turned on. And so mine cleans my sensor every time I turn the camera on and every time I turn it off as well as whenever I initiate it while I'm shooting. If you do that frequently, chances are any sensor dust that you have isn't going to be truly like really sticky sensor dust. And so the dry cleaning will work really, really well. So this product is made by Visible dust. It's a little handheld tool and it has a, it runs on a triple A or a double A battery and you can get it from just about anywhere. Amazon, a B&H, all of those things. So visible dust Arctic butterfly. And I think Phyllis may have some things to add on other cleaning topics. I'm always jealous of Phyllis's camera equipment always looks super clean. So listen to her as well. I would just add real quick, Arctic Butterfly does not, we're not like endorsed by them or anything. So we're just, we're just letting you know, this is something that Kim has used and she loves. So if they would like to reach out to us, we'd be open. However, (laughs) at this time, we are merely talking about products that we know and love throwing that out there. Products that we use, that we have experience with, yes. I, for one, I like the Zeiss disposable lens cleaning wipes because they come in, you know, they're already moistened. You open the little pouch up, use it. I use it on all my lenses, then I throw it away. And also, uh, not to brag, but the new Nikon Z9 does, and you have to enable it. You have to go into the menu because as a default, it comes disabled. But it does have a sensor shield that if you enable that, when you take your, as soon as you turn it off, that sensor shield, if you, you know, if you take a lens off, that sensor shield is there. It will protect your sensor pretty easily, which I love. My other camera, the, the Z6 II, does not have that. So it's, it's real something really really nice to have that sensor shield for sure. That is awesome. I really appreciate that. I think we all would appreciate that on every camera we own, wouldn't we? We need to shout out to all camera makers. (laughs) Okay, guys, I think that takes us to this episode's cowgirls with cameras photo challenge so we decided that we because of the heat because of the weather because it's summertime this challenge is all about water so use hashtag cwc photo challenge and post your equine equine equestrian 
horse-inspired images that have something to do with water, whatever your interpretation of that is. If you tag us with hashtag CWC photo challenge or and or tag Cowgirls with Cameras, we would love to see it and we would love to share. And I think that's it for us today, guys. For folks that are listening, if you haven't already followed us online, we can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Cowgirls with Cameras. We also have a website, cowgirlswithcameras.com. And it is so important. If you love this show, if you've listened to a couple episodes and you want to come back and listen to more, we would really love it if you guys would rate and review. So whatever program you're listening to, whatever app you use to listen, there should be some way for you guys to rate and review. If you would do that, we would really appreciate it. And also if you stumbled across this today and think you might want to hear more, click that little follow so that we start popping up in your feed. Thank you guys so much. It's been awesome to be chatting with Kim and Phyllis today as well. And I'll see you guys in less than 10 days out in Montana. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.